Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Today, we're going to peer deep into the brain of the supervisor. Why? Because what you think you have going on under the hood is not really what's going on. And that's important. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Anne Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably work in higher education. Or if not, at least you attended a university or a college, something along those lines. And when we think about being educated, we think about our conscious mind, at least typically. And for me, for the longest time, I thought I knew some stuff about the brain, conscious, subconscious. Of course, there's the Freudian, what's going on in that subconscious brain kind of mystery. But for the most part, day to day, I just figured it was me and my conscious mind, living it up, figuring stuff out, making things work. Well, as it turns out, that's not really the case. So I want to talk about what's really going on inside your brain, because once you understand that, it's going to change a lot of the ways you approach change. Because once you understand this, you're going to be able to work with your brain to get the results that you want, whether that be for yourself, your team, or your students. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Our brain's number one job is to keep us alive. And the way that it does that in part is to conserve energy. Why? Because if there's a saber-toothed tiger lurking in your conference room, you can't have used all your energy up on other things because you'll definitely die. You won't be able to fight it. You won't be able to run away. You'll just be saber-toothed tiger lunch. So your brain is designed to make things as simple as possible, as efficient as possible, so that when you have to do things, you don't have to expend much energy. So you can have those energy reserves for emergency situations. But how does your brain know what's important for survival? Well, we have a reticular activating system, and that's the part of the brain that basically filters out all the stuff that we don't care about. And the reticular activating system seems, well, it seems very scientific and fancy, but it shows up in our, in our day-to-day lives in very kind of simple, weird ways. For example, you need a new car and you decide, I'm really thinking about getting a Toyota Camry. And before then, you really didn't pay any attention to Toyota Camrys. But now that you've decided this is important, you see them everywhere. There's blue ones and green ones and yellow ones and red ones and all over the place. And oh my gosh, Barb has one I didn't even know. Because prior to that, 
your brain was like, I don't care about Toyota Camrys. Why should I? But all of a sudden, it got on your radar. So that's the reticular activating system in action. But it does this not just for major purchases, but all sorts of things. Because there is just too much stimulus, too much information in the world. And if at any point you were to just really take it all in, all the sights, all the sounds, all the feelings, both internal, external, all that sensory data would completely overwhelm the brain and it would slow it down considerably. So again, the brain chooses very specific things and we'll get to how it chooses in a hot second. But it's that reticular activating system that really focuses out all the nonsense, or at least the nonsense according to your brain. So there's one more thing that I want you to understand about the brain before we go into the subconscious and the conscious mind. I used to think that my brain was reactive. So I'd walk into a situation, maybe at work, a student comes in, they have a problem. And so my brain gets to work to come up with a solution. That's how I thought it worked. But in reality, our brain is predictive. It learns very quickly from our past experiences and puts that in a big bucket. So then when a new thing happens, your brain is already tabulating based on all your other experiences. Okay, based on everything that we know in the world, which keeping in mind is very limited to you, this is what's going to happen next. So before you even think you're making up your mind, your mind and your body are already preparing for what's going to happen next. Now, as you can imagine, for all of this to work well, your reticular activating system needs to have good data with which to be judging what's important for your survival, right? Exactly. So let's talk about that conscious mind. Again, working in higher ed, you know, people are going to school to learn and grow and fill their brain, their conscious brain full of the good stuff, right? So they become more skilled, they become better people, yada, yada, yada. So your conscious mind can process 40 bits of data per second. So that's pretty impressive, right? It's also the wheelhouse of creativity, innovation, and free will. It's in your conscious mind that you can assess whether something's correct or incorrect, whether something can possibly benefit you or not benefit you. And so from a free will standpoint, you're able to decide, okay, this would be good for me to do, so I should do it. Or no, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's probably bad for me. But your conscious mind, again, the mind that I think most of us think of when we think of our brains, is only driving the bus, and the bus is us, one to 5% of the time. And I'm not a math genius, but that's a pretty low percentage. Okay, let's flip it to the subconscious mind. Now that bad boy can process 40 million bits of data per second. And again, I'm no mathenarian, but that's super fast, way faster than the conscious mind. Now for our subconscious mind to process things so quickly, it's doing exactly what I said before. It's conserving energy by making things be on autopilot. Again, learning very quickly from the past and saying, okay, when X happens, we do Y, because that's the scenario that's being set up. So your subconscious is basically your autopilot, and it is running 
da, 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 95 to 99% of the time. So the thing that controls you in reality on a day-to-day basis, the vast majority of the time is your subconscious mind. And in order for you to have an autopilot, something needs to program that. So your subconscious mind has programming that it runs off of. And this is where it gets really interesting because depending on what that programming says, it's setting you up for success or setting you up for failure, despite what your conscious mind might be thinking in the background. So I don't want to spend a lot of time today talking about our subconscious programming because that's a whole nother podcast episode. So look out for that. But I just want to talk about the differences between our minds, again, subconscious and conscious, and how we typically operate in the world. Let's talk about change because, I mean, we're in the growth and development industry, right? Like we want people to grow and develop, which means change. What does the brain think about change? It thinks thumbs down. Why? Because change takes too much energy. And your brain has already got this great programming. And again, when I say great, I mean, from its perspective, it's got figured out, this is what we need to do to survive. And whenever you try to go outside of that, it tries to shut it down. So you think about New Year's resolutions. For the vast majority of people, New Year's resolutions do not work. People fail. Why? Because they're trying to change this autopilot programming with their conscious mind. And again, the conscious mind is only really there five to 1%. And the more stressed you are, the less often it shows up. And for our conscious mind to really be driving the bus, it means we have to be present. It means we have to be mindful. And we are very bad at that. And evolutionarily speaking, and survivorarily, survivorarily, and, and from the context of just keeping us alive and needing to conserve energy and needing to be able to react instantaneously when that saber-toothed tiger jumps out of the conference room, it makes a lot of sense to have things on autopilot. Because if a saber-toothed tiger jumps out and attacks you, which processor do you want solving your problem? Your conscious mind, so 40 bits of data per second, or your subconscious mind, 40 million bits of data per second. Subconscious is going to be way quicker, right? So this is all set up to make us very, very efficient. The problem, again, of course, is that if the programming is setting you up to be very efficient at something that's not getting you where you need to go, that's a problem. And really, this ties back to a lot of other episodes because we talked a lot about habits. We've talked a lot about systems. We've talked about talents and strengths and how those are basically super fancy habits. And that all goes together with what I'm talking about here, how our brain actually works. So our talents are in our programming. And so that's why they're super quick. And we can do them very, very effectively. But like we've talked about so many other times, are they helping you get where you want to go or are they getting in your way? And when they're getting in your way, it means that that bit of programming is showing up and not helping you. And the only way to correct that course is like we talk about, becoming aware, becoming mindful of how you're using them so you can start making those changes by developing new habits, by developing new systems that will help you reach your goal 
more effectively. So when you're a tiny, tiny child, which is where you get most of your programming, and again, I don't want to go into that a ton here, you don't necessarily know that you want to be the dean of a college, nor do your parents. They're just trying to help you acclimate to living on earth, (laughs) being a new human, and fitting into your family wherever you are, whatever your family structure is, whatever that religious structure, the, the culture, the society, the community that you live in. They're trying to get you up and ready to go quick. Because when you think about all the stuff that you've learned in this world over your lifetime, coming in as a baby, you got to know a bunch of stuff real quick. But at the same time, when that's happening, when you're so young, our conscious mind isn't even on board yet. That doesn't show up until we're about seven. So we have no way to filter. So now that we're adults, we need to go back in and sort out with our conscious mind what's working and what isn't working for our life in that subconscious automatic pilot. And once we do that, then we can start working with our brains and how our brains really work to make those changes. So again, this fits in with a lot of the other topics we've talked about throughout this podcast. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of those episodes on habits, on systems, etc., to really kind of bring it all together. But generally what we do is we just assume our conscious mind can make changes to our behavior and our overall person, but that's not how our brains are set up. So if we don't address what's going on in the subconscious mind, because it's driving most of the time, then even though when we are conscious and we're like, oh my gosh, I totally need to eat better, it doesn't really matter because we're only eating better one to 5% of the time unless we address that subconscious mind and our autopilot and the programming that got us there. So that in a nutshell is what's really going on in your brain as a supervisor. So if you wanna make effective changes for yourself and how you supervise, for your team and how they work together or how they serve students or with students, we need to start thinking about this differently. So just a little deep thinking for the week. Until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop.
Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. <laughs>